0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. Man, if I could read 25,000 words a minute, are you kidding
1: me? Well, you can I- read two to four <laughs> times faster. Uh, yeah? I can't tell you... Break the world record but if you <laughs> train with tiger woods you probably wouldn't beat him yeah you'd be Nobody, playing yeah. a better golf game than you did before the training you're not coming <laughs> yeah. for my
2: boy howard anytime soon all right
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not too worried all right 80 pages a minute no one's beaten me since 1990 so i'm oh pretty my sure God. i'm pretty sure i'm okay
0: you yeah. no, how well okay a couple questions on this one, how do you turn the page the pages that fast? And two, how do they
1: make sure that you're actually reading it? Um, let me do one at a time. So what I'm doing is I'm moving my hand on one page and grabbing the corner of the other. I go to the other page. I turn, I grab, I rub, rub, turn, grab. Rub, 80 a minute. Rub, That's more turn. than one. It's about a page and a half a second. Wow! Wow! If you, I read the healthcare bill on Cavuto, which was fifteen hundred pages. It took fifty minutes, and it was about that high off the floor, and then I did an analysis.
2: Wow! Oh my God! So, def, <laughs> uh, how how do they? Yeah, how do they judge that you you read it then um, after you after you show like the speed?
1: Well, Guinness requires you to prove a record. They don't actually send people. So most records have one TV show or a newspaper. I had 10. I had five newspaper reporters in five different cities and five uh, news reporters on TV in five different cities. And they all tested me. And the speed was the same in every city. And they could see the videos. And they, they basically said, you had 10 times more proof than anyone. And you Can't have that many cousins or friends in the media that they would all lie in ten different cities to, to make you look good. So that's how they knew. But I could tell you my own experience. I, I did a four-year psych program in one year. Uh, I did a graduate course in educational psych in seven hours, and I got a B plus on the six-hour test in fifty minutes. So um, it's 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 pretty. I got an eight hundred on the graduate ranking exam. In biology, I I read 48 books in three nights, like biochemistry, genetics, cell physiology I got three questions wrong. So those are good ways of seeing if you learned anything because there's standardized tests.
2: Yeah. Do you have people that try to call like conspiracy theories on you? Like say like, no, this is, (laughs) you know, no, yeah, this is a big, this is a hoax. This is a media (laughs) hoax.
1: I actually have a good one. I was in uh I found out afterwards, but there was an undercover reporter in Philadelphia and he had a show, Can You Believe It? And he tried to expose frauds at the time. My program was on the radio, on television and radio, and it made 65 million. So uh, they, they wanted to prove that I was a fake. So they took the program, which was at that time cassettes and video, and he gave it to a girl at a Borders bookstore and they left her there for four hours. And then after she was done, they tested her. And they said, you're not going to believe this, but she's actually reading more than 100% faster. And she does know what she's reading because I tested her. And he said, did you think this was going to work? She says, no. He says, I didn't either, but <laughs> it did work. And he says, "I don't, I can't believe it, but it's working. And then he had me come to Philly to interview me afterwards. But he didn't tell me what he was doing until after they proved that it, it worked. That's but he amazing. wasn't trying to prove it worked. He was trying to prove it didn't work.
0: Trying to prove it wrong. And then he's like, okay, this actually works. Actually I got to talk he to this guy. That's the real deal. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I don't do what everyone else does. Most people are focused on a reading speed. I'm not. I'm more interested in learning. Um, I use reading to find what I don't know. I use study skills to make sense out of what I found. If I don't understand it, I use memory skills to store and retrieve it. I use emotional intelligence skills to be in a good state to use it so you're not nervous taking a test or anxious speaking in public. And I teach what to look for, how to find it. So when you're not just reading because reading by itself isn't learning. Uh, Most people think it is, but it's not. If it was, everyone would get A's every time they read. You could read a calculus book and fail. You could read a calculus book and know all the equations and fail. You don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to solve a problem. You know what the equations are, but you have no idea which one to use or how to put them together into a sequence that will give you a result. You're looking for, there's different levels of learning. So to me, just memory isn't enough. Where can people read fast, don't remember what they read. They have no idea what they understood. So like I was teaching science years ago and one of the things they asked was one of the what are the one of the five causes of disease? And it was on the board. So someone said bacteria. I said, that's a really good answer. What's a bacteria? And they looked at me and they said, it's one of the five causes of disease. <laughs> <laughs> and that was school. You learn the word, you could fill it in, you could pick it out of the five choices. You got it right. But someone actually said, well, what does it mean? Yeah, how do I know? I didn't learn that. I just know the right. Well, I'll give a good example <clears throat> when you studied history. So, if I said in 1492, Columbus discovered the New World, he didn't discover America. He never got here. He was in Hispaniola and South America. He never made it to North America, by the way. That's a myth. But okay, that aside, who discovered the New World in 1492? And said Columbus, how do you know? You told me. And that's great, that's how you'd answer the question. I'd say, okay, what was the significance? You don't have to say how Europe, all the wars that were fought over, who would take over what part of the new world? England, France, Spain, Portugal, the Netherlands, they're all fighting over who's gonna get what, which piece of the new pie they're gonna keep and who gets the money, who gets the gold, how many people they killed here with their diseases they had no resistance to. These people never had smallpox or syphilis or measles or mumps. They never had those viruses and they all came at the same time. So it was like what we have now on steroids, only there were no drugs to fix it. And I think 90% of the indigenous people died from the diseases that they were exposed to and had no immunity to. That's understanding what happened? It was a revolution, it's like a new planet. They discovered a new planet and trade and, and, and all of the things that occurred as a result. Or you could say 1492 Columbus, which is what you learned in school. So there's a whole different level when you get the meaning and significance over just knowing a word or a formula or a vocabulary or a name, knowing why it matters. And what's relevant about it is far more significant than just be able to regurgitate it. And that's one of the reasons students are dropping out of school. If you ask if they studied, they'll say, yes, how do you know? I read 400 pages last night and I spent five hours studying. They didn't learn anything. <laughs> they were flipping the pages. They didn't know anything they read. They had no concept of the meaning or significance. They failed the test. And they're like, what's the point? I tried, I worked, I studied, I failed. Why would I want to keep doing this? Every time I do it, I get an F. Why would I want to keep doing that? And they're not wrong, but the problem is no one told them what they did wrong. They weren't studying. They were looking at words on a page and not knowing what they were looking at or how to use it. And that's where a lot of our educational problems are coming from, we're not teaching learning. Well, I taught learning in my school we had 11 year olds going to university getting A's in a week. One of my students graduated university in six months, became a missionary, learned Chinese in three weeks, sold his company when he was 40 for 38 million. Another was 11 oh years old, a C student, 22 year old English professor. Another graduated college at 16, 4.0, economics degree, master's in math at 19 with a 397. GPA, became an English professor, a professor at Yale when he was uh, 20, 22. Another one did became an attorney at 19. We had a special ed student with third grade reading in the ninth grade when we taught her how to learn. She finished high school when the kids that she was in school with were was still there. Got two years of college with a 4.0, full ride to Baylor, A average and got a master's degree at 22. And she had third grade reading in ninth grade. What changed? Taught them how to learn. I I taught this to special forces in Fort Bragg, the Royal Thai Army in Bangkok, the Canadian Special Forces. How do you learn? And when you learn how to learn, not just to read fast, but to learn, everything changes. And what we can do today is get started. Show some of the ways to do that.
2: Hundred percent.
0: I I completely agree with that. And this is what this is my beef with the education system is I was, and, and Travis is like most people were taught what to learn, not how to learn. And so it's regurgitating information. It's how good you can recall information in your memory, but it it's not making sense of it. It's not connecting dots. So my first question, well, I have a, I have a lot of questions for you cause I'm just, I'm this, well, just this is <laughs> the amount of information in your brain, like, I got six tabs open on my computer right now and it's struggling. I cannot imagine what's going on in your brain right now. But
1: I've read 30,000 books. That'll so give you an idea.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we're growing up. Did you kind of figure this out for yourself? Did you struggle with learning and have someone show it to you? I'm very curious to kind of go all the way back there.
1: First, there was a sperm and it was a long swim. We'll go, past that. We'll, go we'll jump ahead of you. How's that? We don't need the magic school bus here. My memory isn't that clear, by the way. I, 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 I don't you don't remember re- that? I don't remember the whole swim. Oh, but uh, It was dark. I'm to see you. I, don't, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I grew up in the projects in Brooklyn and it was a horrible place to grow up. There were a lot of gangs. It was West Side Story without the music and dancing. I, I met Bernardo, he had a knife and he wasn't smiling. I had knives to my throat, I was beat with bats. My dad was oh pistol with, let's see, we moved when they raped an 88 year old man. So it really wasn't a pleasant place to grow up as a child. Wow. But I found one place was great, the library. Gang kids would never go there. They'd rather be dead than caught with a book. So I read a lot, so I had college reading when I was 11. I was reading the theory of relativity when I was eight. So when I went to college, I was 17, I majored in biology, I went to the State University of New York, Binghamton. At that point, I was reading about 3,000 words a minute, which is about 15 times faster than normal. And I studied bio, and in my second half of my junior year, I got interested in learning in the brain. So I told the dean, I want to also major in psych. And he said, well, you only have one year left. You had no psych courses. You have to do the whole four-year program in one year and finished the bio program. And I had three jobs. I was working 18 hours a week. And lab reports took 16 hours on a slide rule. So I had to do two labs and 18 credits of science. So it was 40 hours a lab with lab reports and the science. <clears throat> so did you're not smart enough. And that's when I realized they never told me anything about learning. They told me what to learn and why to learn, and what will happen when you don't learn. And no. not why you hear a song once on the radio. You never forget it. And then you read the seven habits of highly effective people, you know, any habits the next day. So I got up to 80 pages a minute using what I learned about the brain. I did the psych program in one year, I got an 800 on the bio GRE. And then I wondered if it was me or the system, because there's a difference between you're unique or you found a better way to learn. So I took kids 11 to 15, taught them the system. They did a 30 chapter book in lifelong developmental psychology, a sophomore college course, they're 11 to 15 in a week. And they took the CLEP, which is the AP test, and 18 students took the test, 15 passed it. So we have 11-year-olds getting sophomore college credit in a week and consistently doing that. They also taught on the write. they did 28-page MLA cited reports at the graduate school level in four hours. And I, I wrote my last book in five hours, and went number one on Amazon the next day. Oh, so reading wow. and writing, really the same thing. One's input, one's output. But they're kind of the same thing. You're either taking data and putting it in or taking data and taking it out. Writing is taking it out and reading is putting it in. But mm-hmm. they both work kind of in and out, so very similar. But, but you have to be able to like organize that
0: information. And I think that's part of the problem with teach. a lot of us. Yeah, I, just wanted, I could show you how to get started if you'd like. I, I would love that because I, I, I've i always been the kind of reader where and, and granted this is, uh, I don't know your thoughts on ADHD or, or if you subscribe to the theory, but like uh, I'm reading and then all of a sudden I'm a page in and I'm like, where have I been?
1: That's normal. In fact, most of the kids I had were ADHD or dyslexic. ADHD people are super bright. They've learned tricks to compensate most of the very rich people i've met are adhd Uh, a lot of the multi multi i'm talking people being 30 40 50 million a year for adhd they were d students in school Mm -hmm. school bored the hell out of them but shut up sit there and listen why because i said so go read the book why because i told you to read it write a report why i told you to write a report there was no interest you mm-hmm. just did it because they told you to and you had to do it. So ADHD people like to be doing. They don't want to sit and listen all day. They want to be doing things. They want to keep busy. They, like, <laughs> they, like, they make yep. great entrepreneurs because they can multitask like crazy. And they have tremendous interest and curiosity. And once you harness that power, it's a superpower. But if you'd like, I can show you how to read faster, comprehend, remember, and get in a good state.
0: I I would love that. I'm all in. I'm bought in. Let's go.
1: So reading faster. When we're done with this podcast, pick a book you've read, preferably a nonfiction book. Get a timer. A lot of you have smartphones or a smartwatch, or use an egg timer. Time yourself for a minute and read normal. Don't do anything that you don't normally do. See how far you get. At the end of the minute, take a pen or a pencil, mark off where you finished. So now you've measured how far you can read in a minute. Now the magic. Go to the second chapter, take your hand and go across one line at a time, eyes following your hand as fast as you could comprehend. So as long as you know what you're reading, go quicker, quicker, quicker till you don't. Because you've already read the book, the only reason you don't know what you're reading is you're going too fast. That's why you know it's too fast. Slow down just enough so the comprehension comes. And for five minutes, go as quickly as you can comprehend. Don't go faster, don't go slower. Now go back to the first chapter. Take your as you can comprehend, and that mark that you put in the first minute will be passed by 20 to 40%. Just doing that one change. That's what we do at Berg Learning. We teach this in more detail, that's step one. Now step two is comprehension. And most people will agree comprehension is more important than speed. Truthfully, no one wants to read fast, learn fast, understand more, retain it better, be able to apply it. That's what people want. I was on MSNBC about 20 years ago when it launched. And one of their first hosts was Dick Cavett, who was a famous talk show host back in the 70s and 80s. He was like Jimmy Fallon or uh, Stephen Colbert but a little more intellectual. He was more of an intellectual. Anyway, uh, we're talking after the show, and he said he had interviewed Woody Allen, and Woody told him he took Evelyn Woods, which was the big speed reading program at the time. They said he read War and Peace, which is a very big book, in five minutes. He says, that's incredible, Woody. What do you remember? And Woody said, it's about the Russian Revolution. That's all I remember. (laughs) That was speed reading. It's a calculus book. I think it's a book about science. You didn't learn any calculus. You didn't learn any science. And if you slow down to learn something you didn't know, you lost your speed. You had to go quick all the time, but you couldn't go quick any of the time. But it didn't work. The man who won Evelyn Woods was Maurice Thompson Jr. And he hired me to teach his son my system. And he said, you've gone past speed reading the speed learning, bringing you into the 21st century. And I'm gonna show you one of the things I did. I studied the brain, so I looked at how the brain learns and how it understands text. I took graduate courses in that. And I used the psychology, not just the mechanics. And one of the key elements in reading is called schema. And I'm gonna demonstrate it. I'm gonna read a passage with no schema. It won't make any sense, although the words are very easy. And then I'll read it a second time with a title, one word, it has schema and instantly it'll make sense. So you can see how schema works. This is the schemaless text that's confusing. This is an easy thing to do. If possible, you could do it at home, but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake and it cost you quite a bit of money. I have no idea what I'm talking about. There's no schema. Now I'm gonna give you a title that has schema and instantly it all makes sense. Laundry, this is an easy thing to do. If possible, you could do it at home, but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake. It could cost you quite a bit of money. I'm teaching people where the clues are, how to find them two, three, four times faster. So even though you're going quicker, it's like a decoder ring. You're using what the brain does to make meaning and significance out of the printed page, So you're actually understanding more than you did before, so that's step two. Step three is retention. Okay, you remember today. What about next year or next week? So I'm going to show you how to speed memorize. And there's many ways. There isn't one system, because a biologist reading an art history book isn't an art student reading an art history book, and an art history student reading a biology book isn't a biologist reading a biology book. We have things we know, there are things we have aptitude in, things we're interested in. The less you know, the less your aptitude, the harder and more boring the subject. You can't use the same system you would use in something you have no trouble learning. It wouldn't make sense. You don't read Gray's Anatomy the way you read Harry Potter, if you're a doctor, or you'd be killing people because you wouldn't remember anything. So I'm gonna show you how to remember 10 things super fast. You're going to remember, and don't write them down, because you'll do very well once I teach you. You're going to remember pole, shoes, tricycle, car, glove, gun, dice, skate, cat, and bowling pins. You're going to learn every one of those things in three minutes, backwards and forwards, effortlessly, and never forget them again. In fact, this is so simple. Three-year-old children do this consistently, and you can too. One of the caveats is this is not a drill, this is a tool, you will use it. You only remember 10% of what you read, but 90% of what you say and do. And I'm gonna make you say and do certain things to lock it in, so you'll get all the benefits. And so should our audience say and do. And how do you speed learn a list, which is what we're doing. The ancient Greeks discovered a shortcut. Take a list that you know, it's hanging in your memory. And what do you do with hangers? You hang things on them. That's why they're called hangers. I'm going to bet Josh, Travis, all the people listening, you can count to 10. I feel very confident that this is something everyone here today is able to do, which means it's in your brain. And we're going to use those 10 numbers to learn those 10 things very quickly, effortlessly. Are you ready?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Ready. Let's go.
1: Number one looks like a flagpole. Like a flagpole. When I say one, you say pole. One. Pole. Good. Got one right. Now, the second number is two. That's two shoes on your feet. Two shoes. What's two? Shoes. Two What's shoes. one? Pole. pole. Three's a tricycle. Three wheels. What's three? Tricycle. What's two? Two shoes. One.
0: One flagpole. Getting one pole. easier. Yeah.
1: Four is a car. There's four tires on a car. Four is a car. What's four? car. What was two? Jump. Shoes. One. <laughs> Pull. Three. <laughs> Tricycle. You're looking for your pictures. Five is a glove. <laughs> five fingers in a glove. What's five? Glove. What was three? Tricycle. One. Pull. Notice how fast it's going? Yeah, it's getting, I'm guns. getting
0: faster too.
1: Your brain's learning the system. Six gun. They loved them in Texas when I lived there. Cowboys have six gun. What's Six. six?
0: Gun, gun, six, four, gun, car, car, two, shoes, Shoes.
1: lucky seven and dice, lucky seven and dice, seven is dice. What's seven?
0: Dice. Dice.
1: What was five? Giving you a clue. Glove.
0: Glove. Three. Tricycle. Tricycle. One. Pole. Pole.
1: Rhymes work. Say eight skate like a roller skate.
0: Eight Eight skate.
1: Eight. What's eight?
0: eight? Skate. Skate. Skate.
1: Here you go. Six. What did they love in Texas?
0: Gun. Gun. Four. Car. Two. Shoes.
1: It's almost done. Nine is a cat. It has nine lives. What has nine lives?
0: A cat. Cat.
1: What was lucky? Seven. What game? Dice. Five is a? Glove. Three. Tricycle. One. Pole. Ten. How many bowling pins are in a lane? Ten, I guess. Bowling pins. <laughs> ten. Bowling pins. Let's do the list together. One pole, two, shoes, three, tricycle, four, car, car, five,
0: glove, six,
1: Six Texas, gun, seven is lucky, and dice, Dice. eight, rhymes with, skate, Skate. nine is a, cat, ten,
0: bowling bowling pins.
1: Just did it. Now, this is how to speed learn numbers, and I'll show you how to use it. Numbers are tricky. Imagine you're in a hotel. You're in room 314. By the time you go to the lobby, you forgot what room you were in. Turn numbers into pictures. Three is a tricycle, one is a pole, four is a car. Make a tricycle, movie. Pole, car. A tricycle hits a pole on a car. A tricycle hits a pole on a car. A tricycle, what number? Three.
0: Three. It's a pole. One.
1: On a car. Four. Four. And okay. At your hotel, tricycle, pole, car. It's also pi in geometry 3.14 to do a circle volume or circumference. So I teach this to young people for math and science, history, business people, due dates, percentages, skew numbers, phone numbers, room numbers. The zero, cause there's gotta be zero to nine. Numbers have an alphabet, zero to nine. The zero is the 10 bowling pins. So now you have a picture for every digit and you can speed memorize any number by turning it into a picture, playing a movie, Play back the movie and all the numbers will pop in your head.
0: That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. And and massively helpful because my memory and especially my short-term memory is terrible, but I just didn't have a system.
1: I got lots of systems. I'm giving you one, berglearning.com. We have the whole program. I can't do a four-hour program in a short time, (laughs) but I can show you different snippets that you can see that it'll help you. By the way, when people get it, We help them if they need help. And if they don't help, I personally help. And I don't charge because I want them to learn it. One, I'm a Rotary president. You can see my banner. And two, I need to know what's going on. After 35 years, I made lots of changes. listening to problems people told me. I made improvements to the problems disappeared. They very rarely get a problem, which is why if I do, I want to know about it. So the next time I make a program, I change it again. And that problem disappears. Because so I think people should actually get what they pay for. Too many times you buy something and it's like, screw you, you got it. I, I made money, go away. I mean, imagine you buy a book, you, call, can you write the author and say, how do I use it? <laughs> Nobody's going to help you. I think people should get what they pay for. If you paid to learn how to learn faster, you should actually learn how to learn faster. That's why you gave the money. And as long <laughs> as I give you what you paid for, you'll be happy. And want to do more. So I think it's really important in business. You do what you say you're going to do and make sure that it happens. So people are happy. And if you can't do it, you give them their money back because you should be charging Mm -hmm. something. that you can't deliver on your promises, don't Mm -hmm. over, I always under promise and over deliver. It's much better to under promise and over deliver than over promise and under deliver.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's, if this is all strategies and systems that are as simple as that, then everything. I mean, like there's there's almost no one who can't benefit. I mean, like you said, there are three year olds who are learning this system. I, and my youngest student was eight. She had
1: five seconds a page. My oldest student was 92. She read 100 percent faster. And my favorite student was Ruth Lubin, 84. Miss Senior California read three books in three hours the day after I taught her. So it'd be, I'm too old. I'm 30. She was 84. Yeah. She read three books in three yeah. hours. So don't tell me you're too old. She yeah. wasn't too old. So you. It, and I think between eight years old and 92 kind of counts for a large part of the population. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I'm not claiming I can teach fetuses to speed read. I really can't. And I don't think people who can't read yet are going to speed up. But from eight years old on, most of the ones I work with are 11 and up. Uh, usually mm-hmm. sixth grade is the perfect starting place because you don't read to learn till third grade. First three years is learning to read. Fourth grade is when you read to learn. Mm-hmm. You're learning science by reading it, not by hearing it. You're learning math by reading it. That's when everyone falls behind who can't read. They can't do anything after that because all the mm-hmm. subjects are self-taught and they can't teach themselves because they can't read. But by sixth grade, you've had two years to build schema, and now I can make you go much quicker. Do you so, think?
2: Do you think kids today are learning better or worse than kids of previous generations? Like, do much they seem worse? Much, much worse?
1: worse. First of all, they got rid of cursive, and studies have shown that when you write things down with a pen, you retain it better than typing it. It goes into more of your memories. You have motor memory moving the pen plus the eyes and other things going at the same time, whereas when you're typing, it's just it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't do it. It doesn't stick as long or as well. So they got rid of that. They got rid of phonics in a lot of schools. Language is phonetical. So they can't sound out words. They can't read them. So you've got real, pro- let's put it this way. 28% of high school seniors can't read at the eighth grade level which is what a high school diploma needs. Eighth grade reading for 12th grade, that's it. They can't do that. 38% of high school seniors can't count. I'm talking fractions and decimals in 12th grade. 90% of, of high school graduates can't write a paragraph, 90%. I taught a school district in White Whitebead, Oklahoma, which is in a cow pasture. There's nothing there. It's a, It's a district in the middle of a farm and they were awarded as one of the top 10% schools in America using what I taught. I taught the teachers how to teach learning when they taught subjects. So the kids were learning what they taught them and it's in the middle of nowhere. That's, that's unbelievable. Like
0: my number one thing is like, how do we, how do we fix this? Like, how do we get what you're doing? That's clearly working that like, I can still remember all 10 things that you just taught me. You never forget it.
1: Yeah. Berg learning. Berg learning is the website. I have a reading program. You will read a hundred percent faster. I think you'll go faster than that, but you will read a hundred percent faster. You will know what you're reading. You will remember what you're reading. You'll know what to look for. So you don't waste time learning stuff. No one cares about. You'll know how to take exams. You'll know how to stay in the right state, which I'll teach you next, how to get in an emotional state that will help you be successful. That's a good one that I have, yeah. And then the writing program is writer's block, how to get in flow so you don't forget, uh, so you you can write quickly. I told you I wrote a book in five hours. The memory program is all the different memory strategies, and then there's a speed math program. And, if, and before we're done, I'll just also show you how to be a genius, which is another skill. I yeah. think. it's learnable. Yeah. It's learnable.
0: Yes. That sounds nice. Yeah. That sounds nice. And honestly, this all sounds great. That's like, why is this not being adopted on a larger scale?
1: Because of politics. They won't even teach history anymore in half the states that we're in.
0: Never mind the accurate history. Never,
1: <laughs> never mind that it's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. History should upset you. That's the whole point. Yeah. You don't want to do that again. Your concentration camps weren't fun. It wasn't, it wasn't daycare. These people were massacred, and now they don't, won't even talk about it. Mm-hmm. Slavery was not a good thing. Most slaves didn't enjoy it. I'm pretty sure that they didn't say, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I get beaten and raped, and I get crap to eat, and I live in a hovel, and I make someone else rich. What a great life I'm having. I mean, despite the fact that some people think that was a good thing. No, it wasn't a good thing. And it's not wrong to teach it. So mm-hmm. people learn what we did wrong. We should be very proud of a lot of what this country's done. We've done many great things, many, many great things. But we've done some pretty awful things, too. And, you, you know, it's like a person. You have to look in the mirror and say, you know, this is some things about myself I'm not so proud about. i got to fix this i got to start making some changes. I want to be a better person than I started off being. And that's what a country needs to do. Say, you know, we made some pretty bad decisions. At the time, we didn't know they were bad. But now we can look back and say, that nah, wasn't great. Killing all the Indians wasn't a good thing. You know, maybe mm-hmm. we could have done it a different way. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: no, we, we don't want to teach that. And that's, that's part of the problem. They said if a person came from a time machine... From 100 years ago, one of the only things they'd still recognize is school. It's still shut up and listen. They they aren't teaching independent thinking. Entrepreneurs don't sit and wait for someone to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. They go out and do it. So a lot of very, very smart people hated school because it was holding them back. It was stifling their creativity. It was telling them what to think and not how to think. It was encouraging them to repeat what other people believed instead of what was true. I'll give you one that might blow. Why do you think Texas rebelled from Mexico? This kind of blew my mind when I read about it. This is the real story, not the one you read about with Davy Crockett. (laughs) The Americans moved to Texas. They wanted to start cotton plantations, and they did. How do you run a cotton plantation? What kind of labor do you use back then? Slaves. Mexico didn't allow slavery. It was illegal. Texas wanted slavery because they wanted cotton plantations, and that's how you made it work. And so they rebelled against Mexico because they wouldn't let them have slaves. (laughs) That's the real story. (laughs) I'll never I, read that in a Texas history book.
0: Yeah. No. And I find that a lot in a lot of the history. You know, Travis and I have both traveled pretty extensively. And I found that a lot where what we learned in history class, not how it was, not you know, how it, it went the down. The
1: Indians were so evil. They wouldn't let us kill them and their children and yeah. throw them off their land. What the hell was wrong with them? You know, yeah. It's why did inter- they resist?
2: It's interesting <laughs> I mean, to see the the story. Like if you go to a museum in Vietnam, um yeah, their, that their, was my- their story of the, the 60s is a little bit different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah. You know who
1: started scalping? The white man. They were paying people's money for Indian scalps. The Indians didn't start the scalping. We did it. They imitated it. We started mm-hmm. it, not the Indians. You don't mm-hmm. read that in a history book, but that's reality. And that's OK. You know, that's really what history is for. You learn. You say, you know, that was not a good thing. Let's not do that again, okay? Which they did in Vietnam, unfortunately, a lot. It was part of the horror of Vietnam. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. But a lot of them were just young kids being forced to be in a very awful situation. They didn't volunteer. You didn't say, hey, I'd like to go there. It sounds like a great great way to spend a weekend. They said, Mm -hmm. you're going, whether you want to or not. And uh, it was a very, very difficult thing to do. I don't hold it against them for going. They did what they had to, mm-hmm. but some very bad things happened when they were there. Some good things too, but a lot of bad things. And that's what history's for. Learn what went right, learn what went wrong. Repeat what was going right. Stop doing what went wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're not, and now they don't even want to let people learn the truth. There's alternative facts, yeah. which I don't know what the hell that means, because there are already <laughs> oh Earth's round. You want to say it's flat. That's okay. You can believe it's flat. You want to live like it's flat. That's okay too. Just don't tell me I have to believe it. Cause I know it isn't true. <laughs> that's part of the problem. we're in. So would you like to see some EQ skills and how to be a genius before we wrap up?
0: Yeah, oh. I would love to. Yeah. EQ skills, writer block, how to be a genius. This is all, everything we can fit in.
1: Okay. Well, this one is teaching the special forces. They're very well trained and Sometimes they're awake three, four days in a row, no sleep, on a mission. If they don't remember their training, they can die. Mm -hmm. You have a bad day, you go home late. They have a bad day, they go home in a body bag. So I was asked to show them how to get in the right state. So I'm going to teach you how to wake up, like I taught them when they were up for three or four days. And we know the left side of the brain controls the right, the right, the left. Now, ideally, we should stand, but we're all in sweatpants. And uh, we have our microphones, but later when you do this, do it standing, you'll get a better outcome. Take your left hand, touch your right shoulder, take your right hand, touch your left, alternate. So it's like the Macarena without the music, but using one side of your brain and then the other. And when you're standing, if you take your left hand and touch your right knee and your right hand touch your left knee, even when you're sitting, when you're standing, the knee will move. So both sides of your brain will be active. When you're sitting, only one thing's moving your hand. Now, grab your thumb in your hand like I am and say this like you mean it. I feel great. I feel, I feel great. great. <laughs> I can mean it. I can mean I, it. I, feel, I great. feel great. Yes, if you go, I feel great. That's how you're going to feel great. If if great? you want you to feel great. It's emotion. <laughs> emotion you can't fake. It's got to be there. You got to feel it. If you don't feel it, it isn't real. We're going to do three sets of these at my speed. And I'll show you to wake up when you're taking a long uh, class and you're getting tired or working at night and you can't drink coffee or driving in traffic, getting tired. So we'll do the taps first, starting with the shoulders. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, knees. One, two, three, four, five, six. How do you feel? I feel, I feel great. great. Yes, a little faster this time. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. How do you feel? I, I feel, feel great. Great. Yes. This time, as fast as you can go, just standing, move away from the table. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel great. Yes. You know what happens when you do this three times? Nothing. And you probably would like something. So let me show you how to make that happen. Remember Pavlov, he rang a bell, he fed a dog. That's our rotary bell. He rang a bell, he fed a dog. He rang a bell and the dog drooled. You don't want to drool. You don't want to be in an important meeting and stand up and start moving your hands like on your shoulders. They'll think something's very wrong and call an ambulance. The latest studies show habits take 90 days, not 30, to form. Do this every day for 90 days. Every time you go, I feel great, yes, you do, because you woke yourself up. Stimulate the left, the right, both together. Now you're in an important meeting. Grab your thumb and say to yourself, I feel great, yes, that's your belt. And your brain remembers every time you did it, it stimulated your brain. In the same way, it can show you to relax, stay focused, stay calm, even ignite genius, and switch it on whenever you want. That's EQ. So what I'm going to do now is show you how to be a genius, if you'd
2: like. Yes, hundred yes. percent. I would okay. love to be a genius. Yeah, that
1: yes. kind of went normal for me. we, we uh, <laughs>
0: yeah we we had a small glitch and you froze for a second. I was like, I missed oh, something oh, important.
1: Oh, oh okay. yeah. I, I was Up with you. I, I don't, I don't I, think Josh wants uh, to be a genius. I, 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 I thought, yeah, I guess I, I, I didn't want to be having a... something like a spasm or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No. I'm still (laughs)
0: feeling great and And I want to be a genius. Again,
1: birdlearning.com. I teach all of this in detail. Think of it this way if I'm giving this away for free, imagine what you get when you pay me.
0: Right. (laughs) That's that's what I say. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So let me continue. So, um, being a genius, there's three levels of learning literal, implied, and inferential. That's psychology. That's not me. Literal is the words on the page, implied is what they expect you to know without explaining it. So if it says the man drank a glass of water, you go, know, whoa, wait, wait, what's a man? What's water? What's glass? What's drinking? I'm gonna assume you know that, or you can't read anything. So that's implied. Inferential learning is getting the deeper meaning and significance. Now I'm gonna do an experiment. The the gateway to the unconscious is symbols. It's symbols. So I'm going to give you a symbol. I want you to picture a big circle with a dot in the middle. Literally, what are you seeing in your imagination? A big circle with a dot. Is this very interesting? No, it's a big circle with a dot. That's literal. That's what most learnings like. Read the book. Why? Because I said so. I'm reading the words. Why am I reading these words? Because I said so. And you're just reading it, but you're not really like, getting anything from it, you're just memorizing stuff with no purpose. Level two, a circle with a dot in the middle is a symbol of the sun. It's a symbol of the sun in astronomy, and because astrology and astronomy were once the same, they're not anymore. But back that hundreds of years, Isaac Newton was an astrologer, Galileo was an astrologer. They made their money from astrology, to do their science. Because back then, you didn't get a lot of money as an astronomer. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't that, that great a paying job, but <laughs> astrology paid pretty well. So they made their money in that and they practiced the science on the side. Anyway, so it's more interesting now that it's a, it's a similar sign. Now I'm gonna tell you it's one of the meanings of life, but it's a circle with a dot in the middle. That's, that's a meaning of life. I want you to see how to learn on another level, inferentially. A dot, a point is infinitesimally small. Wherever you look, there's an infinite number of points that're invisible. You don't see any of them. So it's a symbol of spirit or God, something that's everywhere you look and you can't see it no matter where you look. It fills everything. it's everywhere and it's invisible. A point. A circle is a symbol of a boundary. In the circle is you. Outside the circle is everything it is in you. Self, not self. What does it say? Inside of everyone is one thing, spirit. We look different, we act different, we sound different, but everything is only this one thing. We don't see it, but it's right in front of us. Brotherhood isn't a euphemism, it's a reality. Everyone is connected in this thing called humanity. Roni is good as the weakest and as strong as the strongest. And so it's saying that everyone and everything is all connected and we should respect everyone and everything. The reason you're here today and I'm here, someone's growing food right now so we can eat. We didn't have to do that today. Someone made our clothes. Someone's making electricity. If we had to do all that ourselves, we would be too busy to be on a podcast. We'd have to be sewing clothing and growing food and hunting animals, you should respect everyone because everyone is doing something that needs to be done and giving you the freedom to do the things you do because that's what they did. And don't look down on people who are doing things you think are beneath you. You'd be doing it too if they weren't doing it. Be grateful that they're doing it so you can do the things that you get to do and respect them. So that's really what the symbol is about. Is that more interesting than it's a circle with a dot in the middle? Mm-hmm, so let me yeah. apply this to business. In the late 80s, early 90s, all cell phones looked like Captain Kirk's communicator. They folded over <laughs> and they opened, if you remember. So Steve Jobs <laughs> takes a look at that and says, You know, I could put a monitor on one of those and a chip, and I could write software. It'll make calls, but it'll run software programs. I'll call it an iPhone. It'll be a pocket computer. How did that work out financially for him? I'm going to say pretty well. Then he looked at it again. He said, I can make it bigger. I can make it the size of a sheet of paper. I'll call it an iPad. An iPad is an iPhone. Blown up. It does everything the iPhone does, only it's bigger. How did that work out? Mm-hmm. Everyone else saw a cell phone. He saw the potential. I'll give another example. In the turn of the 1900s into the 20th, the West was being uh, migrated to, and there weren't a lot of stores. So Sears and J.C. Penny came up with a brilliant idea to make a catalog, and they sent it out to these people living on these farms in the West that had those stores and they would ship everything they needed by railroad and Wells Fargo. So they had access, it was mail order. It was the first big mail order business. They made millions of dollars and they did very well. Jeff Bezos did the exact same thing online. Amazon is the J.C. Penny and Sears catalog online. That's all it is. But Pe- Sears and Penny never thought, let's put this online. They had the stores, and that's where they considered. They kept putting more and more stores in malls. How well did that work out? <laughs> How are malls doing right now? Why didn't they go online? They had the products. They had the infrastructure. They had the marketing skills. Nobody sat down and said, hey, why don't we do this online? They did. They went bankrupt. Both companies are in Chapter 11. Jeff Bezos is the second richest man in the world using their business model. Was he a genius? Yeah. He saw what they did a new way, a new way, and they didn't, and they didn't. That's what geniuses do. They see what other people see, but they see it a different way. Blockbuster came up with a strategy to put all the DVD companies under, built by trainloads of DVDs and have thousands of stores around the world. You could rent them so cheaply. No one can compete. And all the little stores disappeared. Do you remember all the little boutique DVD Mm -hmm. stores? Gone. Mm -hmm. And then Netflix says, we don't need stores. We'll send it out in the mail. And then Blockbuster went under because they couldn't compete with Netflix's pricing. It was cheaper than Blockbuster. And then Netflix saw Redbox say, we don't need the mail. We'll put kiosks in front of buildings. But Netflix was smart. They did online streaming. very few people today get DVDs from Netflix. They get online programming. Blockbuster could have done that. They never thought to do it. They kept locked themselves into the store model. They never thought about moving on to online streaming. That's what genius is. It's seeing what's coming before it hits. And if you're in business and you're successful, Don't count on tomorrow being successful by doing what you did today. Ask Blockbuster, Pennies and Sears how well that worked out for them. They were gigantic. They were enormous. They were wealthy. They they outsmarted the entire competition until someone else came up with a better way to do it. You can never get complacent in anything you do today. Things change too quickly. If you want to be a success in a knowledge-based economy, you need to be smart. You need to be able to learn. Information doubles every six months. If you can't stay on top of that, someone else will. And they're going to bury you and bury your company eventually because they're ahead of where you are. No one can afford that. So by learning faster, understanding better, you're able to innovate, stay ahead of the trend. You're the one everyone else is trying to catch up to. Your kids finish school and don't live with you till they're 40. More kids between 26 and 40 live with their parents that are married because they can't afford an apartment and pay off their college loans. It's one or the other. And so parents have kids living with them with their, till they're 40. That's not everyone's dream. Your grandpa, I'm 72. I don't feel like I'm senile. Uh, people my age are but I'm not because I'm busy keeping my brain going. I wrote 13 hour program last week, uh, an audio video program. As long as you keep doing, you stay young. If you stop, that's when you turn into a vegetable. So for seniors, it's to keep your mind mentally fit as you get older. For business people, it's making money in a knowledge-based economy. And for students, it's finishing your studies and getting a good job so you can stay successful. And don't count on what worked yesterday. 30% of all the jobs that exist today will be gone in five to 10 years. You drive in a truck, a computer can do it and not sleep. 24-7, no rest stops, no vacation, no coffee breaks. What do you think they're going to do when computers can do that? Why would they want a person who has to get a vacation, sick days, take a nap, when the machine can just go 24-7. The problem is, what are those truck drivers going to do? All the work that was done in the past that was redundant, repetitive, waitressing, checkout clerks in stores, you see them disappearing in kiosks all over the place. In a very short time, there'll be no jobs for those people. What the hell are they going to do for a living? They can't find another job like that. Machines will be doing all of it. The only way you'll be able to support yourself is by learning new skills quickly, knowing how to build a company, knowing how to create a business, knowing how to stay ahead of what's going on, or you'll be very, very sorry and very, very broke doing it. And my job is to give them the skills so they can learn. And the rest of it is, if you watch the news, the world's in trouble. It's in, really, we're in bad shape in this country and everywhere else between the pandemic, the political instability, the financial explosion of debt, the the earth is melting. I mean, you could go down the list. It's not a very pleasant list to look at. How are we gonna fix that? We gotta get smart people. We need people who can think, no one's saying there's too many smart people (laughs) making too many good decisions. (laughs) I can't fix everything, but I can make people smarter, and I know those people could find answers to problems. And I'll do one last thing with you before we close. I'm going to solve make Earth, how to make America green while making oil, gas, and coal companies wealthy, pay off the national debt, and create a couple of hundred thousand jobs in 90 seconds to two and a half minutes. All right.
0: All right. Let's go. That so- sounds too good to be true. So yeah. I bought it. I
1: can do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, how do you make electricity? Basically, you spin a magnet inside a coil of wire, Well, you spin a coil of wire around a magnet. That's basically how you make electricity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you have a Niagara Falls or a Colorado River, you're in, you're in luck. It'll do the spinning. Mm-hmm. Most places don't have that. So they use steam. And to build the steam, they use oil, gas, coal, and nuclear fission. Well, in Iceland, it's a volcano and they have magma very close to the surface. It's an island, they have a lot of water. They boil the water using the geothermic heat of the earth so it's all green. So that means if America was a volcano, we could do that. Well, the largest one of the largest super volcanoes on earth is in mm-hmm. Yellowstone. Yep.
0: Right there's also door. a
1: big one in, Canada, in, in California, and there's another one in Vermont in the New England area that hasn't completely popped out yet, but they know it's there. This is the plates that's there. So you get the oil, gas, and coal companies to go to Yellowstone and build their geothermal power plants. It's gotta be easier to find magma in Yellowstone than a gigantic undiscovered oil field on Earth. They've been everywhere. So you create these plants, you take the people whose jobs are being changed, the coal miners, people in the oil, gas, and coal industry, you put them to work on the infrastructure and maintaining it. And where is it? It's on federal land. You can charge a usage fee for every kilowatt and put it towards paying off the national debt. So very easily, you could go green, pay off the debt, get people back to work, and, and solve all the problems simultaneously. That's what genius is about. It's looking for solutions nobody thought of before. And hopefully you'll go to berglearning.com. I'll teach you how to do it. I can't do it for you. I can tell you I can help you if you go there, but if you don't even go there, you're not gonna learn a system. Mm-hmm. I hope I've gained enough of your trust today from what I've shared and showed you what I'm able to do to know that I can help you and your family on every level. I hope your kids get better grades, help you make more money, help mom and dad as they get older not turn into vegetables and that's what bird learning will do for you and i thank you for having me i hope you enjoyed it
0: that was amazing yeah, howard you. you are uh, you're you're a very impressive human and i love the impact that you're trying to make in the world by creating more impressive humans who are capable and confident and able to make you know just good decisions for themselves in the world and you know something we we talked about on our last podcast who our last interview you kind of touched on this at the end it's that you can't make people do it so if people want to learn if they want to learn how to learn better if they want to learn how to learn faster if they want to learn how to you know maximize their comprehension improve their memory improve their eq improve their genius They just have to take action. And the only action that that has to be is to go to your website. They're on their computer anyway. They're on their phone. So they just have to go to berglearning.com. And if what you taught us today is any... Just anything close to what we're going to learn there. I, I can imagine how valuable it is. So um it's yeah, I went exactly. Here today. I went here today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is where you'll go afterwards. We got to take it to the top, man. So I got
1: 11 year olds in colleges around the world.
0: It's and amazing.
1: They get A's, yeah, A's at 11 and they're making amazing. the adults angry because there's 40 year olds getting D's and they're like, that kid's 11 <laughs> getting a hundred on the test that I got a, a 50 yard. And they're like, What the hell? And they're really angry at the kids. No, don't get angry at the kid. Find out what the kid did to do that and do it too. So you're the one getting the 90s and 100s.
0: And also that kid might not just be gifted. That kid just has better strategies than you do. And so if there's one thing that we can learn in, in business and in health and fitness and anything, people who are farther along with you, they're there for a reason. It's not because they were born with it. It's not because they were gifted. It's not because they were born a genius. They just learned better strategies than you did. So if learning is a strategy, if retaining information is a strategy, like the 10 things that I can still remember that we went over in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Never forget it. Everything's a strategy. So I want to get better at learning. I want more information. i I thrive on more information, especially for how I can, you know, perform for my clients and, and get my clients' results and keep things safe and make healthy people, just like you want to make intelligent people um, This seems massively valuable. So Howard, you're a you're a very interesting and inspiring man. Like you have okay. a ton of value, a ton of information. You can't even imagine what's going on in your head at any given time. That's so much. You want
1: one <laughs> one more thing that'll blow your mind, and then yeah, blow? one more.
0: Yeah, let's should do I, one more.
1: Today, solve an unsolvable problem. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so you know the the universe supposed to start off as an infinitesimally tiny thing and. Blow up into this really big thing. Where does it go? Yeah, this is blowing my mind. I'm a huge space alien guy. Where does it go? Right. It's growing. Where? What do you mean it's growing? Where does it go? I mean, I think most people thought about that. I'm going to answer the question. Okay. I want you to picture the infinitesimally small point before the Big Bang. See it blow up and expand infinitely large in every direction. And I want you to notice the infinitesimally small point and the infinitely large expansion both occurred in your mind in the same space in the dimension of consciousness. If consciousness is a dimension of the universe, it can grow infinitely large and still occupy the same area it did before. It can get as big as it wants, be as small as it wants. It still fits between your ears. No matter how big you make it, no matter how small you envision it, it fits between your ears. If consciousness is a variable and not just something that exists in the universe, which we know because we're doing this, it would explain how a universe could be growing infinitely large and still be the same size.
2: <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> Damn. So I'm just, my- I'm just floating around in a turtle's dream right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think my brain that's what I do in my
1: spare time, yeah. those kinds of things. That is I amazing. can do more, but we don't have time. But I could show you things like that. Oh my
0: hours. god. Well, is is Howard, is there anywhere on the internet where we can learn more about this, not just burglaring.com. Do you have like an Instagram, a YouTube, or any other resources? Yeah, I'm
1: on Facebook. I have twenty four thousand followers on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel. So yeah. And if you want to email me, my email is howard at berglearning.com. So if you need my help, you get the program You say, I don't know what I'm doing. Email me. I'll help you. I'll make uh- sure you learn it. I want, I, I'm a grandparent and I'm really concerned about the future for our children. It's not looking good right now. Not looking good at all. And I want to help change that. I can't physically do it myself, but imagine... Hundreds of thousands of people doing what I just did everywhere in the world in positions of leadership, what that could do to change the problems we have into solutions. That's what I feel my, that's my karma. I feel that's actually Dharma. I feel that's why I'm here. I was a Yogi. When I got out of college, I became a Yogi. I spent a lot of time in a Kundalini yoga ashram and meditating. And I've been meditating for 50 years and it rubbed off on me. I feel the connection of everything and everyone. And if you have a talent, you're supposed to do something to make the world better with it, not just for yourself. 100%. I hope that's what I'm yeah. doing and making a difference. And if I do that the way, the best I can, then I can look back and say, my life meant something. I, I accomplished something. and I made it better than I left it.
0: That's That's a phenomenal legacy. And even if you can change the direction of civilization or the world by 0.01% wow. in, you know, 50, 100, 200 years. That, that makes a yeah. big difference. And that's yes. a phenomenal that's, that's legacy. That's what I'm
1: doing. It's not just the money. It, money isn't going to matter if we go extinct. And a lot of mm-hmm. biologists say that's how we're on the way. Mm-hmm. We're, we've lost 60% of all world li- wildlife since 1970. 60%. Guess who's an animal? We are. Me. What do you think is going to happen if we don't stop what's going on? Not good. It's not going to go well. If mm. the bees go extinct, how are we going to have food? Mm. They pollinate all our crops. It, it's not just a small problem anymore. We're looking at a possible extinction event of the human race and not that far in the future. Three, four generations, maybe less. I don't want to see that happen. It doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. But if we don't start doing certain things smarter and better, that's the path we're on right now. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping what I do on these shows will make people aware there is a way to fix it. And hopefully they'll give me that opportunity to get, get that in their head so they can make a difference and hopefully make more money and be more successful at the same time than making a better world.
0: Mm -hmm. Have, have more resources, more time, more understanding. And I think that's, that's what it takes to, to change the world. More There's tolerance. so much
1: intolerance in the world. Mm-hmm. People hate people for being different. No, you should be glad people are different. That's why we survive as a species. Species that aren't diversified don't survive crises. When you have a diversified population, you get a virus. A lot of people might die, but a lot of them don't mm-hmm. because they don't have that same chromosome. that killed the other person. And that's what keeps us going. We need diversity. We should embrace different as an, as a good thing, not as a bad thing. Biologically it's good. And too many people don't see that. They want everyone to look and see and think like they do. And that would be a catastrophic problem for our future. If that Mm -hmm. ever happened.
0: Mm -hmm. Reminds me of like the giver. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, man, this is, this has been a phenomenal conversation. And and I have some great tools uh, that I appreciate you sharing with us. And I'm definitely going to visit your website and check you out on Instagram, YouTube. And I'm and learn I how to learn write more. a book. You can, you can write a book in a day. It's really easy. I would love to, I would love to write a book. It's on my list at one point, at some point in my life, I'm going to write a book. just need a day. <laughs> just need <in> one day.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can write a book in five or six hours pretty maybe you'll have me back sometime i'll show you to write a book in a day for sure i would
0: love that yeah i would love that we're gonna make that happen um because I, f- I feel like there's a lot we can learn from you and I, I want our listeners to be able to as well so thank you man howard i really appreciate you coming on and uh and sharing the information that you have and, and doing what you're doing to change the world and uh to everyone who's who's stayed and tuned in and who's benefited from this episode we thank you for tuning in to another episode of the struggle to strength podcast we will see y'all next week